31,000, 45,000, the story of two trains of French resistance. A podcast by Mathieu Landour Engel. René Mackenhen, 45,826. De Fist. How do you explain? It is just too much, too unfamiliar, too incomprehensible, too extreme. It's impossible. Today is a day in early June 1945, and René McEnhan is on a train, a train home. After Auschwitz, René was transferred to Sachsenhausen with Henri Marty and Auguste Mongevie, then Gartenfeld, back to Sachsenhausen, and a death march to the North Sea. The death march was no exaggeration. Prisoners would be shot. Their only crime was to be too slow. Fortunately, the Allies caught on. On the 3rd of May, the SS had disappeared in the night. The Russian arrived during the day. There was no celebration. It felt a little odd. They just woke up one morning, three. They were obviously happy, although they also felt a little unfazed with their freedom. Now René is in a train from Paris to Normandy. All around, the passengers look at him. He must be so thin. There must be a deported sign written on his face. The train stops in Gamache. Some people are waiting for him. They cheer for him. He is welcomed as a hero. René doesn't quite understand. He only managed to survive. What's heroic about that? Georges Varenne died, exhausted, after sharing all his food with the 45,000. Antoine Corgiati attempted an escape. Robert Lévillon shouted hurray to the General de Gaulle. Julien Villette refused a direct order to sing. They were shot for it. René only tried to keep his energy, stay discreet, avoid violence. He helped when he could. There wasn't much heroism about it. The train stops now in Ancheville, another feast. The train stops for longer so everyone in the crowd can thank René personally. He receives presents, clothes, food. Everyone smiles and welcomes back René with a warm smile. Once, back in Auschwitz, René woke up feeling cold. The man next to him had taken most of the blanket. René tried to push him a little, until he realized the man had died during the night. René simply didn't have the strength to carry him outside on his own, so he decided to wait for everyone to help him out in the morning. And he came back to sleep. Back to the present, René wants to say something 
to all the people greeting him. He feels he should talk about all those who didn't come back, the ones who were murdered, the victims. But as he starts talking, he gets interrupted by the cheers of the population. It's almost as if he was being shut down with cheers. René has seen so many of his friends dying. He has seen too many executions while they were in quarantine. René remembers them all. He won't ever forget. Shadows will follow him for the rest of his life and René won't ever be able to sleep without hearing them. The train stops at Eux, a small city close to the Manchy. Everyone from his village is waiting for René. He is the last one to come back from the war. He hasn't been here for 44 months. They have prepared a party for René, a grand night of dancing, drinking, celebrating. Children come to him with flowers, there are even fireworks. René has never felt so alone. He should feel happy. All the 31,000 and 45,000 were hoping to come back and celebrate the end of the war, to be celebrated like heroes. René is the only one who is greeted. The others just came back home and were expected to get over their deportation right away, to move on. René feels unfazed. He feels like this party has been organized, so he wouldn't talk either. He was arrested by the German police for attempting to sabotage an entire train. Yet René had the feeling some people in his own village might have tipped the Germans. She finally appears. René's wife, Bernadette, with their daughter René. She is so tall now. She has changed so much. And Bernadette is even more beautiful than René remembered. The celebration carries on. René understands the situation a little more. During the deportation, during his deportation, Bernadette kept fighting. She carried equipment and helped the resistance. She became an important figure in the area. This celebration is as much for her than it is for him. Maybe a little more for her, actually. René and Bernadette hold hands during the celebration. They don't say much else. Later on, they come back home. The three, all together, again, after almost four years. René, his daughter, goes to bed. Bernadette and René sit in the kitchen and have a drink. They start talking, both of them, all night long. They tell each other everything. The moment of fear, of doubts, of pride or shame. They don't interrupt each other, they keep on talking. Neither Bernadette or René see themselves as heroes, yet they see each other as such. They both resisted, they did what they could, and it was already a lot. Thank you for listening to this episode of 31,000-45,000, the story of two trains of French members of the Résistance. My name is Mathieu Landau-Engel. This episode was about René McEnhan and his return to his village and his wife. 
René shared a lot his story and his time in deportation. He gave a thorough account of life in the camps, a difficult read, yet necessary if you wish to understand more about it. Here is a small extract. One can do good, just as much as one can do harm. I witnessed many men and women behave shamefully to others. Those were creatures of unthinkable cruelty, pushed by a mysterious and dark instinct. They tormented unfortunate beings who were like them, beings. The great lay of brotherhood and softness was far away. How better things would be if we could love each other better than we love oneself. Helping each other, however and wherever, even helping each other till death. René McEnhen witnessed many events, many atrocities, like many survivors who all lost many dear friends. It was hard for many 45,000 and 31,000 to come back in France and tell their stories. Many of them arrived almost a year after France was liberated. A year is a long time, and hearing about those terrifying stories was often deemed too much or simply unbelievable to the French population. And it had been a year. Many more felt like it was time to move on and rebuild, where the 45,000 and the 31,000 had just arrived and wanted to share and speak. Many 31,000 and 45,000 felt confused. Many didn't feel listened to. For some, it took years, decades even, before they started talking. Luckily for René McEnhan, his wife was alive, and even if I'm assuming, she listened to him just as he listened to her, I hope. My sources for this story mostly come from the book Red Triangles in Auschwitz by Claudine cardon amet the website Mémoire Vive, the Foundation for the Memory of Deportation website, the Metron website, and the fantastic website Auschwitz.org. Thank you very much for your attention. Next episode will be about Marie-Claude Vaillant-Couturier and the Nuremberg Trial. 31,000, 45,000, the story of two trains of French resistance. A podcast by Mathieu Landour-Engel.